0: This is RMIT University's Art, Design and Media podcast, and you're listening to a special RMIT Culture and student-produced series, Literature and Ideas.
1: This podcast is created on the unceded land of the Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung people of the Eastern Kulin Nation. We respectfully acknowledge their ancestors and elders, past and present. Welcome to the RMIT Culture podcast produced in collaboration with the Bowen Street Press. This episode, hosted by Callie Buhlman, is an insightful discussion around ideas and research and their importance for writers.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast. Last episode we talked about narrative non-fiction with Joel and Sophie and a suite of experts on the genre. Today, we will be speaking to a few industry experts as well, including some you've already met, to discuss how writers find their ideas and the breadth of research that can go into a narrative nonfiction manuscript. My name is Callie, and I'll be your host today. You'll also be hearing from some special guests, including Ronnie Scott. Welcome, Ronnie.
3: Hi, podcast listeners. My name is Ronnie Scott. I teach creative writing here at RMIT. Uh, And my experience with nonfiction book proposals is that I've seen a bunch that other people have written, um, and I've written some as well. Um, I've written some unsuccessful ones that have never gotten up with a publisher, but I've had fun writing them and I've thought a lot about, about writing them.
2: We've also got some great snippets from Hardy Grants, Arwen Summers, and Emily Clements from the 2020 Spark Prize panel to add to our discussion. Arwen Summers is Hardy Grant's nonfiction publisher. She has over 13 years' experience in publishing and has a particular interest in narrative nonfiction. She's published authors both established and debut, including Alana Hill, Malcolm Turnbull, and Ginger Gorman. Discovering and nurturing fantastic emerging writers of narrative nonfiction is one of the highlights of her job. RMIT alumni Emily Clements is a Melbourne based writer. Her nonfiction has been shortlisted for the Feminazi Memoir Prize, the Ada Cambridge Prize, and highly recommended for the Scribe Nonfiction Prize. Before we can even get ready to pitch to a publisher, we need an idea. A good idea. So, how do we get it? Over to Ronnie to talk about some ways emerging writers can find ideas.
3: This is the classic question for all writers of all for, for all time. Where do you get your ideas? And especially if you want to be writing a nonfiction that doesn't just come from your own life which is also a wonderful source of ideas you know, um, some writers kind of do mine their own lives very successfully but what writers used to do in the sort of days of physical media and which writers can still do today if they want to, um, is start a clippings file, um, so a file where they, they kind of store interesting things that they come upon in magazines and newspapers and such like um, I sort of, I have a digital version of a clippings file that becomes a physical one where I screenshot things that I read on my phone that I think might be interesting to write about later. And it's very sort of omnivorous and varied. And then what I do is there's a process of transcription where I write it into a notebook and I might come back to that six months later and you sort of start to see ideas in a different light Um, or start to, you know, combine things that are a bit unexpected. And I think that that's quite a good source for ideas.
2: Now we're going to hear from Hardy Grant publisher Arwen
3: about where to get the best ideas.
1: Probably the same place I get my nonfiction book ideas, but I'm not (laughs) writing them. Uh, The world, being being a curious and um, voracious reader and consumer of media, being aware of what cultural trends are out there, what interesting things are happening in the world. It doesn't have to be, you know, politics or current affairs, anything like that. It really um, can be uh, to do with you know, culture, society, even science or economics. You know, I I published a book a couple of years ago that was a pop economics book. Um, I didn't even really think I understood economics, but the author was able to communicate it in such a, a lucid way. Do you have an idea out there that hasn't been addressed before or is it an existing idea or something that we know about and you have a fresh angle and a new take on it? Um, which is, I think, what Emily had with her book.
2: Emily's debut memoir, Lotus Eaters, was published in 2020. It is an exciting example of Australian memoir which investigates themes including women, their bodies and their relationships. Here is a snippet of Emily discussing how she developed her idea. I started off with a quite a, a totally different draft, uh, none of which made it into
0: the um, final manuscript that I submitted to Hardy Grant Books. Yeah. It was a patchwork of... Uh, emails that I had written to friends and family back home. I felt that they were funny and that they had a story. Uh, and I thought, oh, I can string these together and fill in the gaps. And that's a and that's a manuscript, right? <laughs> Five years later, I found that that was a very uh, naive <laughs> approach to it. But what I found also is that the tone and the voice completely changed. So what I put down in that initial draft uh, was very... Self deprecating and kind of inviting people to laugh with me uh, because mm-hmm. I anticipated that my experiences would be viewed with a certain skepticism or light, lightness. And so I felt that if I wrote it in that way, I would be preempting a response that I felt was inevitable. So I brought that manuscript into the associate degree of professional writing and editing. And through uh, consistently workshopping that with peers and teachers um, I found that the response was different to what I had anticipated it when it's more like oh well this is there is substance here you should treat it seriously
2: the memoir is in and of itself uh, can hold its own weight. Some really interesting points to consider from Emily there so we've heard a little bit from Ronnie and Emily about where they get their ideas from but more importantly how do we know when an idea is a good one?
3: I think I have bad ideas all the time. I think a lot of writers do. And they they sort of, you know, sometimes strike you as being really interesting and, and exciting and then uh, I, I think it's a good idea to leave them sometimes um, because if you, you know, writing something, anything, whether it's a proposal or a whole book or an essay or whatever it turns out to be, takes a long time and there's a lot of commitment involved and a lot of revision. And I think that you sort of want to make sure that it's something that really sort of, you know, ha- I, I don't even mean has legs for other people, but has legs for you something that you really want to be working on um so i think i'm very distrustful of inspiration inspiration strikes writers all the time but i i kind of am a big fan of coming back to ideas that for whatever reason just feel effectively like something that you want to work with
2: we also asked ronnie if he thinks that working with peers helps to figure out if an idea works
3: yeah, I think that honestly, it's not that helpful to talk about ideas with people without a piece of writing in front of you, because all ideas kind of sound good, and you and you don't know how the writer's gonna gonna work with it. And I I've heard writers tell me ideas that I think you know you sort of privately think, oh, that's that's. Not fantastic, but then in their hands they can do something great with it. Um, You know, everyone can only write what they, everyone can only do what they do. They can't do what other writers do. Um, So I think that it's fun, and writers do it all the time. Talk in abstract terms about what's exciting them to each other, but I think that it's it's really really helpful if you want proper feedback from people to even just write out um, a page or a couple of pages of your idea, and that you know so much of it is about the execution and about the voice and the the slant that you take on it um and you can get really good help from other people if you have that you know document on the table between you for sure
2: absolutely yeah nothing has ever been more helpful to me than sitting in a class with other people who are all looking at my writing as terrifying as it is super helpful so we're going to hear from Hardy Grant publisher Arwen Summers about her work on The Lotus Eaters with author Emily. Arwen and Emily actually met at a pitching session for the Emerging Writers' Festival.
1: She came in and sat down in front of me and it was a five-minute speed dating type situation, which is always interesting. Yeah. And she uh, was able to articulate really clearly um, mm-hmm. within this very constrained face-to-face awkward situation exactly what the book was about and then handed me over a little one-page synopsis after that and walked off into the sunset. And that really piqued my interest. I liked the contrast between... Um, the way that emily presented herself and then what what was on the page which sounded like this quite explosive uh memoir there was already a hell of a story and a hell of a voice on the page by the time it got to me and i think that touches on something that's really important for uh people who have an idea or even a manuscript in progress Being able to reach out to whether it's a creative writing course like at RMIT or whether it's a workshop where you can actually talk about your ideas with other writers.
2: Some great points there about using your peers during the writing process. Arwen also mentioned that you can just have a trusted friend you can send your writing to or somebody that you feel safe sharing your writing with. Emily did find it really valuable to throw ideas out there and see which ones landed instead of assuming that they were all terrible or they were all great. And I think quite a few writers tend to um, fluctuate towards is either your work is the most
0: amazing perfect thing that you've ever written, or it's a pile of steaming shit and there's absolutely nothing
2: worth saving. (laughs) Fantastic. I think finding that idea is a very important step, but what could almost be more important is the research you do to develop your idea. Nonfiction books particularly rely on a huge amount of research. Over to Ronnie to discuss how important it is to research an idea before you begin writing or drafting.
3: It's interesting to think about whether it has to happen before you start writing, I think that that's a really good idea and probably the most practical um, idea. And it strikes me as the kind of thing that a historian or a journalist or an academic would do. I think that creative writers often have a messier process where, you know, you might write for a while to find out. I mean, for me, I if I'm working on, on a nonfiction idea, I will usually just write a little while to find out what my scope is and what actually interests me about a topic. I'm not that good at thinking without um, my hands being on a keyboard and from there you'll sort of find out what you don't know and what you need to know and that will give you an avenue for research so I think research has to come into the process with nonfiction kind of early on if you don't want it to be something that is just totally narrow and totally um, you know drawn from from yourself you know and it will give you ideas and phrases and avenues and research can be really fun and interesting as well as expanding a work because it, always leads to other avenues of research and those can become traps, but I think it's rare that they become traps. It's often a great way to um, to strengthen and to deepen the kind of thing that you're working on. So you should always follow, I think, your research inclinations. I think that too much is made of the idea that that research is a is a way of um, distracting yourself from writing. I think that's sometimes true, but mostly I think they work well in tandem for most writers.
2: We wanted to know if there were any forms of research that might seem unusual that Ronnie has found effective. For writing?
3: It just depends what you're writing about. I think that uh, archival research is still a really big one, so looking up um, old articles or, or looking up books, kind of specialist books um, on the topic that you're writing about. You know, sometimes you have to be kind of imaginative with your keywords. So, you know, you unless you're writing about the most concrete thing ever, like um, birds or horses or something like that. You know, you you won't necessarily be using those words to find the sort of topic that you're that you're interested in. You sort of want to think, oh, what what are other ways that people could think about this conceptually? And that will often lead you to the really interesting really interesting stuff. And if you're writing about a place, going to the place is great. Um, you know, observing things, taking notes. Uh, you can mix things like interviews, archival research, and site visits um, in most kinds of writing, I think.
2: So do books always have to have research?
3: I feel like it's a trick question. <laughs> because Yes, they do. But I think there are different kinds of research. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, have I ever read even a, a memoir? Um or a a diary, like a straight-up diary or collection of a writer's letters that doesn't sort of draw some of its strength from outside of that writer and from other people's words and from other people's perspectives.
1: Books don't always have to have research, but certain topics you will have to do a deep dive. You will have to have evidence to prove your point. If you're making a, a new contention about something, then, you know, where is that information coming from and what evidence do you have to put forward for it? Uh, or maybe you have an extraordinary life experience, which is an obvious way to write something.
2: Thank you again to our experts for this robust discussion around ideas and research in writing. Next episode, we'll be looking at a how-to guide for pitching your narrative nonfiction manuscript to a publisher. So keep an ear out for that. You've been
1: listening to the RMIT Culture Podcast. We'd like to thank our guests, Arwen Summers, Emily Clements and Ronnie Scott. Our production team, Carly Godden, Callie Buerman, Joel Humphreys, Mia Purvis and Sophie Newham. For more episodes, subscribe to RMIT Culture wherever you get your podcasts.